May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Text for the message comes from the gospel reading. Let us pray. Almighty God, you hear our prayers and our cries to you. Help us to know you hear our prayers and that you are working to answer them and help us always to trust in and rejoice in your answer. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. Well, it is a fairly common English word. It's hardly ever used in conversation with its original meaning. I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before. A good chance that you've said it before. I'm thinking of the word crummy. A lot of times we see C-R-U-M-M-Y, uh, but, uh, but I'm thinking C-R-U-M-B-Y, crummy. According to the dictionary, crummy means to be covered in crumbs. Well, of course that's right. Sounds right, doesn't it? But the word also has a secondary definition, maybe a slang definition, meaning to be inferior or worthless. You know, if you look out the window one morning and, and you see nothing but gray skies, you might think to yourself, it's going to be a crummy day. Maybe if your boss is unhappy with your performance at work, he or she might tell you that you're doing a, you're doing a crummy job. I think you get the point. Crummy is not seen as a very positive word. No one would use it as a compliment, maybe except Jesus. In this account before us, this miracle account, Jesus has a spiritual conversation with a Gentile woman. Now, he doesn't exactly tell her that she was crummy, but he does use an illustration that has to do with crumbs. And when, when, when the woman responds, she uses the same word picture to describe her faith, her faith in Jesus, the kind of faith that Jesus himself described as great, the kind of faith that Matthew holds up as an example for us today. And so let's listen on this conversation between Jesus and the Canaanite woman, and you're going to understand what I mean when I say that here we have some images of a crummy faith. Matthew tells us that Jesus needs to just get away for a while. He needs to get away from Galilee. He needs to get away from the crowds. He needs to get away from his critics. He needs to find a, a quiet place where he could teach his disciples without any distractions. And so they travel north and, and west toward the coastal cities of Tyre and Sidon. But just like what we've seen before, uh, the hope of remaining anonymous quickly disappears. And so the reports about Jesus travels beyond the borders of Israel. And as one of those local women heard that Jesus was in the area, well, she seeks him out. And she cries out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Now, it isn't all that significant that she addresses Jesus as Lord. Lord is a, a common term, a term of respect uh, that a woman would use a couple more times in the course of their conversation. But it's the other name that she uses that catches Jesus' attention. Son of David. Now, Son of David is loaded with meaning. Son of David is a, a, a title for Messiah. It, it brings to mind God's promise to King David that, he would, uh, that God would establish his kingdom forever. It makes us think of the angel Gabriel promised to Mary that her son would sit on David's throne. 
It takes us to the streets of Jerusalem where the people wave palm branches and worship Jesus shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Now, I wonder how much did this woman really know about the man who stood in front of her? We don't know, but we do know she knew something. She knew Jesus was special. She believed Jesus could help her daughter. And she wasn't afraid to ask. You see, that's the first image of a crummy faith. Don't be afraid to ask for help. In the sermon hymn, we sang, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I'm sure you know that hymn well. What a friend we have in Jesus. But then again, those lyrics are not just poetry, are they? Far, far too often in our lives, those words become reality. Peace, forfeited. Bearing pain. In God's word, he invites us to pray to him, uh, to cast all our cares upon him, to call upon him in the day of trouble. But many times we don't, do we? We don't always ask Jesus for the help that we need. We, why not? Well, maybe it's because we don't think, or maybe it's because we think we can take care of ourselves. Maybe we don't want to admit that we can't take care of ourselves. Maybe you can remember a time when you prayed and prayed and prayed for something, and it didn't seem to do any good, so you gave up. I mean, if you've ever had any of those excuses, especially that last excuse, let's listen carefully here. Listen to the Lord's conversation with this Canaanite woman and learn from her example. Because when you're in trouble, when you need help, don't be afraid to ask. But also don't be discouraged if nothing seems to change. That's sort of the second image here of the crummy faith. Don't be discouraged if nothing seems to change. This woman poured out her soul to Jesus. She begged him to heal her daughter. She waited eagerly for his response. And Jesus said, nothing. He didn't say a single word. He didn't even acknowledge her request. He didn't even acknowledge her existence. This awkward silence is broken by the disciples who come to him and say, Lord, Lord send her away. Uh, she, she, she's going to keep crying out after us. Now, did the disciples want to get rid of her because she was causing a scene? Or were they asking Jesus, go ahead and grant her request and send her on her way? We really don't know for sure. But maybe Jesus' response gives us a clue. Because he speaks to the disciples and notice that he still isn't speaking to the woman. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. In effect, Jesus is saying, I am a Jew. I was sent to the Jews. This woman is a Gentile. Helping her goes beyond the scope of my mission. She hears what Jesus said. It must have sounded like Jesus was saying no, but she doesn't take no for an answer. She approaches him a second time on her knees, with all the emotion that, she, that you can imagine, she pleads, Lord, help me. Perhaps she considers 
it is a small victory because Jesus finally addresses her. But I'm sure she didn't like what she heard because the Lord replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yeah, you heard it correctly. Indirectly, it's like Jesus called this woman a dog. But it's not quite as bad as it sounds. Uh, and in the Greek, there are lots of different words for dogs. And this is more of a like a household pet dog. Uh, they eat scraps from the tables kind of dog. Uh, maybe idea of puppies. I think I saw uh, one one person uh, talk about it in that way. So Jesus' comparison wasn't meant to be an insult, but it wasn't exactly flattering either. But those words still don't phase the Canaanite woman. She accepts them for what they were. They were true. He was reaching out to the Israel first, not the Gentiles, the unbelievers. She wasn't offended. She didn't argue. In fact, she agreed. She said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus couldn't argue with that. He was the one who said salvation is from the Jews. But he spoke these words to a Samaritan woman. He was also aware of Isaiah's prophecy taken from the reading that we heard today, that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. When Nicodemus came to Jesus with questions, Jesus didn't say, for God so loved the Jews. No. He says, for God so loved the world. And it's that little word, world. It includes you and me. So it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter which box you check when you're asked to identify your nationality. The good news is God loves you. He doesn't give you leftovers. <laughs> he doesn't make you settle for the scraps. He gives you his best. He gives you his son. Jesus sacrificed himself for all of your sins, for every time you ignored him, every time you doubted him. And because of Jesus, those sins, they're forgiven. Because Jesus died for you, all your sins are forgiven. You're not a dog. You are God's child. You are an heir of eternal life. And you have Jesus' promise that he will take care of you, not only in this life, but also in the next. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged even if the problems in your life don't go away. You have a powerful, you have a merciful Savior, and because you do, you should not be surprised when you're blessed. That's the third image of a crummy faith. Don't be surprised when you're blessed. Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And Matthew tells us, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. You know, a lot of people like to receive compliments. Uh, and this woman was probably no exception, but instead of complimenting how she looked or complimenting something that she did, Jesus draws attention to something that she had. She had faith. She had a great faith. She had a saving faith. She had the kind of faith that trusted in Jesus to meet all of her needs. You know, a lot of times parents will teach kids to tell, to say thank you when someone 
gives them a compliment, even though, even though it's not recorded by Matthew in this conversation, it would certainly be appropriate for this Canaanite woman to thank Jesus because he compliments her faith, not to be polite, not just because it was the proper response, but because the same Lord who had given her the compliment is the same Lord who had given her her faith. Because she just didn't decide on her own to believe in Jesus. She couldn't make herself believe any more than she could make her daughter well. Both blessings come from God. But the greater blessing is the gift of faith because this little girl who's healed from demon possession, she eventually dies. This mother who came asking for help, she eventually dies. But, and someday you and I, we will die. But everyone who believes in Jesus, God's promise is that we will live forever. You see, that's what makes faith so special. That is what makes faith so precious. God gave this woman the faith to believe in him. She believed that Jesus could, could heal her daughter, and when he did, she wasn't all that surprised. And because you had the same faith in the same Lord, you shouldn't at all be surprised when the Lord blesses you. And when you think about it, the great things God has done for you when you, when you stop to count your blessings, don't forget to put that saving faith at the top of the list. Now, just think about all the fun you could have with today's sermon theme, right? For the rest of the week, you can go to people and tell them that your pastor uh, said that Jesus wants you to have a crummy faith. <laughs> imagine the puzzled looks that you would receive. But imagine the opportunity you'd have to explain what that means. So what does it mean? What does it mean to have a crummy faith? It means not being afraid to ask Jesus for help in time of need. It means not being discouraged if the situation doesn't seem to change. And it means not being surprised when you are blessed. So may God give you and grow in you that kind of crummy faith. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.